Welcome to Babbittville Radio, a place where you'll hear great conversations with the world's best and most inspirational runners, triathletes, and cyclists. Endurance lives here. Now, here's your host, USA Triathlon and Ironman Triathlon Hall of Famer, Bob Babbitt. Welcome to Babbittville Radio. My name is Bob Babbitt. We're brought to you by You Can, smarter energy to finish stronger, by VeloFix, the world's coolest mobile bike shops, by Norma Tech, by Form Goggles, and by our Challenged Athletes Foundation. We just sent out 3,921 grants, totaling $5.9 million to athletes in all 50 states and Puerto Rico and 43 countries. Challenged Athletes is here to keep athletes in the game of life through sport. And be sure to subscribe to our Babbittville YouTube channel. Check out any of our interviews on Babbittville.com or on iTunes. As always, endurance lives here. Our next guest is an amazing woman. She is a three-time Paralympian, a two-time Paralympic medalist, a bronze medalist in both the shot put and in rowing. She is sort of like the Bo Jackson of, uh, of, of sports, being able to do two sports like that. Plus, she's in the midst of rowing 3,000 miles across the Pacific. Please welcome Angela Matson to our show. Angela, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thanks for uh, having me on. Oh, Angela, I am honored to have you on. And you're, when I read through your story, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. So... You just turned 60, and you are now in the midst of trying to become the first woman, right? Oldest, oldest woman and first openly gay person to complete this uh, journey across the Pacific. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm also the only paraplegic so let's let's get into that. So you you come from a military family. What I what I see here is sort of a theme. Your brothers told you when you were young, or when you were when you decide you want to go into the military, sort of a you could never make it in the Marines. And was that the catalyst for you to decide I'm going to prove those guys wrong? That's the catalyst for a lot of stuff that, <laughs> I, that happens. Yeah. Life. But yeah, yeah, they told me I I would never make it in the Marines and that I should go Air Force. Oh right, and you of course had to prove them wrong. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and at that at that point, you were a single parent. You had been you were uh, at the age of seventeen, which meant that obviously you're very athletic. So athletic scholarships were out because you were a mom. Um, you yeah, that that was. I was never allowed to try to juggle both. I was never given the opportunity to try. You know, almost. Really, sport for women back then was tough, right? There really weren't that many opportunities. Um, not so many, but scholarships for volleyball for Ohio State. I mean, I could have made that team, but because I had the, I had my daughter, they said no. Uh, gotcha. And so then when you enlisted in the Marines, uh, your, your parents helped out while you're going through basic training. And then you end up uh, in Alabama to train for military police. And then you get to El Toro. And what was your duty there when you were in El Toro? Um, well, El Toro, was, I was an MP, but I also uh, played basketball for the, for the base. And then I went to regionals, and the uh, colonel that runs the women's all-marine corps team saw me play, and she said, that I was going with them, and I got my TAD orders to play ball for the Marine Corps. Nice. And that's what I did. Well, that. 
then you fell on the court and another player stepped on your back, rupturing two discs. And but it sounds like the surgery went wrong. It it did. Everything that could have gone wrong in the surgery went wrong. I think they took out the wrong disc first and tried to cover everything up and hide it and tried to make the hardware work, but the hardware won't work if it's for the wrong levels and you know, just one thing after another and then they compromised my spinal cord in the in the surgery. And it, it was all gonna ha- you know, paralysis was happening anyway. The surgery was to prevent it. And you know, malpractice, mistakes, mistakes happen everywhere. It, that's that's not what the problem really was. The problem was that they expunged all evidence from, of wrongdoing from my records and uh, denied responsibility, and I ended up losing my job, my house, relationship, ended up becoming a homeless veteran. Uh, that happened yeah. all so I, quickly. I call it my, my three months to zero story. Yeah, you're living uh, right. basically living yeah. out of a storage locker at Disneyland? Yeah, yeah, I slept on the bus bench at Harbor and Catella, and I would go in. Um, they didn't really have good personal personal care at FCI for um, women vets, so I would, you know, but I had to go in there for my personal care, my showers, my bathing. And uh, I would just take the bus in there and then go. But wow. Sometimes I would stay on friends' couches, but they had animals and I was allergic, so I didn't want to step on anybody or, you know, so I would just stay out. So then you found you found wheelchair basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, veterans wheelchair games came first. Yep. Um, EVA sponsored me to go to my first veterans wheelchair games, and once I really got back into sports, then I, you know, found a wheelchair basketball team and played for a decade. Almost made the Paralympic team in that, and then I started. I found rowing. And made the Paralympic team, and that was on the committee to make it a Paralympic sport. And yeah. then, um, yeah, and then rowing just led to ocean rowing, and ocean rowing led to ocean crossing. <laughs> <laughs> so there was also a point there where you fell onto subway tracks in San Francisco. Oh uh, yeah, that's kind of a like a turning point. I was I was at a disabled American veterans convention in Fremont. And my friend Kelly and I went over into the the city, and we were taking the trains around, and and uh, my front caster got hooked by the edge. I couldn't see the edge because it was underground, and it, there were reflections on the, I guess, marble tile. Yeah. And I just got thrown headfirst into the train tracks. Oh, my God. And uh, ended up with 16 stitches and a concussion, but when I came to, they had gotten me up on the platform before the train came but I couldn't move anything I thought I broke my neck and um, that was pretty scary yeah you think and then, uh, I, I decided I should probably be a little bit more grateful for what I have uh, so that was the moment it was like okay I'm not uh, I'm paralyzed but uh, I'm I didn't break my neck I'm gonna move forward and I'm gonna live life yeah Pretty much that, and the chief of spinal cord injury told me that my physical condition was a waste of human life, and that really pissed me off. Really? Who said that? Dr. Volpe. Oh, my God. So He's no longer there, but... Yeah, but who needs that type of thing? Was When you look back on everything you've overcome, 
because you are like the epi- when you look up overcome in the dictionary, you're you're there, right? There's your picture, right? What was what do you look at as your lowest point? Oh, lowest point. It's hard to say. I mean, probably the the day I got discharged from the hospital, there was like a sheriff's eviction notice on my door, and uh, I was pretty suicidal at that point. Wow. Because I had lost everything, and there was nothing. Uh, I didn't see any kind of future except for pain and suffering. And when I didn't did see any of this? Yeah. When did you find rowing? Um, rowing, I started rowing in like 1998, and then I started a rowing program for people with disabilities, and I got my coaching credentials and started coaching, and, um, yeah, that's still going on, still doing that, Was ro- with the coronavirus thing, everything yeah. shut down. Was the rowing, uh, attractive to you because you could do it even though you were wheelchair-bound? Uh, well, you're not in the wheelchair when you're in the right. boat, which I like, yep. and uh, you're, not, you're not having somebody yell, knock her out of her chair, and you're not getting knocked out of your chair. Right. Not the physical contact. So, it's like when I started rowing, it's like the risk of injury playing basketball was too great, so I kind of gave up the basketball for rowing. Yeah, and, and look at your, your World Rowing Championships in, you know, 2003, you get a gold in Milan and the Double Skulls, 2004, a gold in Bagnoles and Double Skulls, and uh, 2005, you, you just, it seemed like every year you were getting better and better. When did you go from, uh, from that style of rowing to getting into the ocean and open water? I think uh, before 2008, 2007, I rowed across the Atlantic Ocean with the amputee from France, Frank Fester. And you speak any English? I didn't speak any French. <laughs> and you were together for how long? Uh, sixty-seven days. <laughs> did, training days and stuff. Did you learn some French? Did you learn some English during that time? I can I can pass. <laughs> so at that point, you're the you're the first woman with a disability to row across the Atlantic, uh, from the Atlantic right. Ocean, and I think you're what six times are you in the Guinness Book of World Records? Yeah, yeah, I think I've I've had nine total, but a couple of them fell. Some of the fastest ones got beat, so I think I have six at this point. This yeah. will be a couple more. So when we talk Paralympics and we talk about London. There was something magical. I happened to go to that Paralympics and, you know, being in stadiums with 85,000 screaming people, uh, was that, was that games one of your favorites? Yeah. London was definitely, I mean, the athlete gate was right by the high speed rail. Um, easy to get around. Um, I think Beijing was, was good too, but you know, there was a, you know, razor wire fence and right. cards and couldn't really go anywhere and not so much English speaking. Um, London was, and they did a fantastic job with their uh, PR marketing and management. Yes, they did. Their um, their Paralympians were as famous as their Olympians. Yes, I know. That's what was so cool about it. I hope I hope we start trying to strive for that in our own country, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. So then in, what, 2009, you, you row across uh, the Indian Ocean with Helen Taylor. And, and so going back and forth from, from 
rowing to shot put was that hard trying to uh, trying to do both um it's not it's just it's totally um opposing movement yep i mean one you're exploding away pushing some heavy object away from you and the other you're you're kind of pulling with no impact so i mean it is the opposite but it's just it's just doing the work in the gym and training and getting out practicing so as someone who's yeah, been yeah as, for someone who's been in um has uh, been a challenged athlete for so many years how is how has the world changed in terms of uh, acceptance for, for challenged athletes? How's the acceptance for challenged athletes? Uh-huh. Um, and support. I think we're better received now than we have been before. I mean, we're getting there. Um, like I said, London did an absolutely fantastic job. Primetime coverage. Uh, even our coverage is getting better. You know, so, you know, it'll get there eventually. No question about it. We stop having these pandemics. Yeah, I know. So in terms of the pandemic, did that affect you in terms of leaving on this most current journey? Um, no, there's just no big send-off and no reception. The rest of it, it's all, it's a solo row, so it's just all kind of me anyway. I've been planning it for forever. I couldn't see canceling it for the coronavirus because it's not a, a large event. Absolutely. It's not like you're six feet from anybody. You're thousands of miles from everybody. <laughs> I'm safer I'm safer out here than I would be going to the store at home, I think. Absolutely. So what is it, when you look back, I remember reading something that you, in the past you had a red hull on a boat and, you know, orcas were tending to bump into them, so now you've got a, a red hull. Uh, talk a little bit about this journey and why this this journey is so important. 9,600 miles, and you're on a 20-foot rowboat named Row of Life, and it's it's six foot wide, and you're totally by yourself, right? There's nobody else out there. No, there's nobody else out here. Just me. How, what has been, yeah. Me and a little school of, a school of wahoo that live under my boat. Is that right? Yeah, there's a school of fish (laughs) under there. They come out when I wash out my food packs and stuff and gobble every last little crumb up. (laughs) So you're rowing, how many, how many hours a day are you rowing? Um, I'm rowing about 12 to 15 hours a day. And and what is, is there been, I mean, obviously you've been doing this a long time. So, uh, any surprises so far? How's the weather been? It's been 36 days, and it's been, the winds have been against me pretty much the whole time. So, I've been fighting and battling wind. Um, you know, I've been battling to get west. I got pushed behind uh, Guadalupe Island by gale force northwesterly wind. And um, then I had their wind, the island's wind daddy, so it's sending me in there, and I couldn't get out. Then I got out of there and then started making west and southwest and then come further south to get a current to help. And then uh, I've been making west ever since, and it looks better every day. I'm closer to the trades. Um, meteorologist says Tuesday I'll be in the trades. So how... Which will be... Yeah. 30... be like um, fair, fair weather, you know, trade winds. Right. Um, wind following seas and uh, 60 miles a day. So, how many miles have you gone so far? Uh, I think almost 938. And so, you're 
you're going 9,000, uh, how many miles total? Oh, 9,600? 3,000 total, but it's, it's actually 2,500 to... Um, 2,500 to Hawaii? Yeah, but I, I ended up getting pinned on the coast and ended up going farther south, so... My journey is going to be about 3,000 miles. Wow. And food-wise, I know when your boat's empty, it's 750 pounds. When you've got food on it, it's 1,250 pounds. Uh, what are you doing food-wise? Is it all dehydrated food? Uh, freeze-dried, dehydrated. I had some MREs um, for when you can't boil water and rehydrate meals. Because um, you can't always get out the stove, especially when the weather's really bad. And... Um, Snack packs, uh, protein bars, power shakes, um, caffeinated beverages, of course. Of course. Got to have caffeinated beverages. <laughs> so when you finish something like this, what is the first, what are you looking forward to the most when you when you finish uh, a journey like this? Oh, bathing. Bathing, right. Yeah, so on a daily basis, you, you row, and then are you reading? Are you, what do you do for the rest of the day? It's pretty much just row, boat chores, make meals, eat, sleep, um, dress wounds. Uh, I've got some really bad sores on my backside. Ugh. Uh, really bad blisters on my hands. So it's just it's just all trying to do maintenance. I was going to say maintenance is important, and people keep everything from getting infected. Right, and people can follow you at rowoflife.org. Yeah. That's the best place yeah, for people to find. There's a tracking tracking thing on there, and I've been using uh, Iridium Go and sending pictures and all kinds of stuff. And you guys are doing a doing a film. Yeah, yeah, documentary film. I'm excited <laughs> about that. You should be excited about that. That's very cool. <laughs> After all the rows I've done, it's like, okay. So, so in all the other ones, so there really isn't much documentation in terms of the stuff that you've done in the past. Yeah, yeah, all the ones I've done in the past. I've never really done a solo. I have one failed attempt at solo. Which um, one was that, the, for Pacific or Atlantic? The failed attempt at solo was uh, Santa Cruz 2013. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. So, we, as you probably heard in our intro, we do um, Challenge Athletes Foundation been around 26 years, and we provide grants for, you know, keep challenge athletes in the game of life through sport. And we love what you're doing. One, our military program is called Operation Rebound, and uh, we'd love to give you a $2,500 travel and equipment grant to help help you with your expenses, which I'm sure are numerous. Really? Oh, wow! That's fantastic. Absolutely. Are you kidding? That's uh, what you're doing is unbelievable. I love what you're doing. It's just you're just showing people that there are no limits. And it's funny, like I said, when I read your read the bio and the brothers saying you can't be a Marine, I just see that that thread through your whole life. You know, you can't do this. You can't do that. And you're you've sort of made a a livelihood of uh, proving people wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure that I do it to prove them wrong, though. I think it's more of a self-serving thing. It's like, when in doubt, check it out. Or when I start to doubt myself, that's when I really feel like I need to go find out if I can. That doesn't. Now, you've got plenty of time to be alone with yourself out there. Do you find yourself doubting yourself very often? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's scary out here sometimes, and and uh, I've had to battle the wind so much. I, I mean, I didn't think I was going to make it west ever. You know, it's it's like it's so hard, hard on the body, hard on everything. Yeah. And then it's like as soon as you think you're going to make it, you get slammed with another wind against you. You know, and get blown off course some more. It's so, like life. Yeah, I was going to say. So what what drives you? But yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've had my doubts a couple of times where I didn't think I was gonna make it out here to get the trades, and uh, I start I was looking at the map and looking at Cabo and, <laughs> and looking at Panama. <laughs> Why am I going oh. that way? What am I doing? Well, if I don't make it to the trades, that's my alternate routes and alternate plans. Uh, and and when do you say the trades should kick in? The trades? Yeah. Um, supposed to get better every day for me out here, but um, Tuesday is supposed to be trade wins for the rest of the haul. So, of everything you've accomplished, and it's been a ton, what what do you look at as the thing you're most proud of? Oh, well, this is definitely going to be one of them. Um. How many days? Yeah, you know, yeah three thousand miles. And how many days you think you, you've been out there? Thirty-six days. How many days you think I this know, is going to take? Yeah, thirty-six. Uh, another another few days to get the trade winds, and then probably another um, another month on top of that. It's, it's probably around going to be around ninety days. I'm guessing. Now, is it one of those things? Is, is you know a lot of us do ultra distance running and triathlon and. You know, you can you get to 50 miles of a 100-miler, and you're, you, know, you could be thinking, oh, my God, I'm only halfway there. Or you can be thinking, hey, I'm halfway there. How, how do you break the numbers down when you start going, oh, my God, I've been out here 36 days, and I've, I've got, I've, I'm a third of the way there. I've got to go 90-some days. Well, halfway there is a celebratory point. Right? And I've got shots of Kaloa rum for that. Oh, <laughs> you brought that special. Oh yeah, that oh is. yeah. That's that's a celebratory part, and um, yeah, I, I had a little shot for my birthday too. So when um, that's great, and you just had your birthday. So when you're, are you still running your adaptive rowing program? Well, we're shut down because of the coronavirus. Right. But yeah, I've had that going on for years. What what has been the most meaningful part of that? Because you're bringing people in who probably were at that low point, like you were, to give them something very special. What you know, what what has been inspiring me from to that day? Coaching to coaching and giving back. There's there's a lot. I mean, some of our opportunities we don't have opportunities because we don't have coaches, and a lot of us Paralympians we give back by you know coaching and starting programs and. Paralympic sport clubs, and um, it's very satisfying. I mean, when you see kids and you see the parents start crying because they never thought their kid would ever be able to do anything, and they see them row off in a boat, it's like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> That's like the yeah, coolest I mean, thing. Yeah. They, they thought their kid was never going to do anything, and then they're rowing off on their own, right? They're, they get yeah. out of the wheelchair, they sit down on the seat, and they row off where the parents have probably yeah. not seen that many things that their child can do on their own. Yeah, I mean, 
we had a lot of autistic kids, and one of them, it's like he started when he was little, and then one day he shows up, and I said, where's your mom? And he jiggles the car keys in front of me, and I'm going, wow, this kid's <laughs> driving already. That is so cool. <laughs> and then he's like, the college wanted him to start rowing for them, and then he just he, he decided he wanted to go to UCI Irvine, and he started college. And, and you know, when you see them blossom, it's 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 very satisfying and rewarding. That is so cool. Well, congratulations on on what you're doing, Angela. It's it's awesome, and the the fact that uh, so you will be the first paralyzed uh, person to to row the Pacific. To row any ocean solo. Wow, any ocean solo. That's amazing. That is unbelievable. And what you're what you're doing, the role model you've become. Is it? Is it tough for you to look at yourself as a role model? Um, I don't take flattery so well. I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. <laughs> what? But uh, I, it, I don't know. It's, I don't feel like I'm a role model, but, you know. So, so give us a picture of what you're looking at right now. Is it just you're in your boat? And you're sitting in the seat, and there's just basically ocean. What am I looking at right now? Yeah, what's out there? Well, let's see. It's a uh, light night, northwest uh, northwest winds, fairly calm seas, but a little wind ripple on the way on the waves. Um, it's clear sky up around me, but there's a perimeter of clouds, like circling. What is the worst? And, uh, yeah. What's the worst storm you've out. been in? Oh, um, Gale Force. Uh, the worst I've been in in all of my ocean rowing is probably Gale Force Four. How scary was that? That was very scary. Because there's nothing you can do, right? In my... Say what? Yeah, there's nothing you can do. I mean, you're just you. You just have to hold hold, yeah, hold on you, and hope. You got to hang out on your hang out on your parachute anchor and and hope your boat doesn't break and your anchor doesn't break and you don't break and then you can carry on. I love it. Uh, been knocked down by a 50 foot rogue wave in Australia. That was scary. Wow, um, you've never been flipped out of the boat though. I have not been flipped out. I've been knocked off my rowing seat. I've been swamped, and I've been uh, knocked down. My boat's never... Um, it's never gone over all the way when I've not been in the cabin. But I've rolled a couple times in the cabin. And sometimes it's like a car wreck and goes fast, and sometimes it's like slow motion. Do you, do you, are you able to get much sleep? Um, it just depends on what kind of day it is. You know, calm days at sea are pretty easy, but you get used to the movement of the boat. Um, when you don't have to use the pair of anchor, it's better. So that in- stops the natural movement of the water, and that stops. It, it's kind of weird how that your brain is surrounded by fluid and how it functions, and how it functions on the water. And then if you throw a pair of anchor out, you kind of you kind of change things. So, so I tend to try to stay off that darn anchor, cause, especially in big seas, because it kind of gets you a little woozy. I bet it does. 
um, in terms of the uh, variety of food that you have, your dehydrated food? Are you eating the same thing over and over again? Oh, no. There's been so improved from the time I started this. I can line everything up on the on the sofa when I'm packing my food, and I can go like 23 days without repeating anything. Wow. But now, does it feel... So variety. When you started out, you had 1,250 pounds of food, or 1,250 of the boat weighed 1,250 with everything. And now, is it, do you feel like, okay, it's been 36 days, I've, I've cut some food out of here, so the boat's got to be lighter. It is getting lighter. Definitely getting lighter. Love it. So people can follow uh, Angela's journey, rowoflife.org. And again, Angela, we are so excited to, through our Operation Rebound program, to provide you with a $2,500 grant for travel and equipment and whatever the heck you'd like to use it for, because what you're doing oh, I'm excited is... excited much, much gratitude for that. I appreciate that. Anytime. We are excited to be part of uh, Team Angela and, and, and help you get across the Pacific. That's going to be pretty cool. And so you've been out 36 days and you think it, we're going to be, you've got another uh, 50 days or so. I'm thinking so. My meteorologist wants me to try to get there by July 4th, but uh, I don't think July 4th is, is going to happen. Nah, no. It'll probably, it'll probably be mid-July. No rush, Angela. No rush. So, and again, <laughs> for for people out there, go to rowoflife.org to follow this amazing journey of Angela Matson, three-time Paralympian, two-time uh, Paralympic bronze medalist who has uh, accomplished so much in her life as a shot putter, as a rower, as an ocean rower. She has done it all. Angela, thank you so much for taking so much time. It's Your journey's no, no unbelievable. All right, thank you. All right, Angela Matson has been our guest. Again, we are brought to you by You Can Smarter Energy Finish Stronger by VelaFix, world's coolest mobile bike shops, by Norma Tech Form Goggles, and our Challenged Athletes Foundation we just sent out 3,921 grants, totaling $5.9 million to keep challenged athletes in the game of life, just like Angela Matson. Uh, you can check out any of our interviews on babbittville.com, on iTunes, and iHeart. As always, endurance lives here. Three thousand 